Hello, and welcome to episode 68 of the Surreal Global Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, it's just myself, Hi B. Mark's out on the, on the lash, but I'm delighted to be joined by Lee, otherwise known as Fox in the Box, to discuss his Surreal journey over the last 18 months or so, why he's decided to scale back and focusing on limited cards at the moment, his approach to his teams in 2022, and we'll look at the rewards, key auctions, and much, much more. So Fox, it's a pleasure to have you on. Welcome. Thank you, yeah, thank you for having me. As a, as a, as a regular listener, um, yeah, I'm excited. Excited to have a discussion because I, I do feel like in the brief moment we did speak, that I have a little bit of a different angle to your regular so rare user. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to just jump in and, and talk strategies and anything else you want to throw at me. Brilliant. Yeah, let's talk about all that stuff. So why don't you give a our listeners, a bit of your background. That's how we normally start this off. So it's been it's been a while ago now, <sighs> like two years maybe, a bit a bit shorter. Uh, I was approached by Brian Finley from the So Rare team and said, "Look, we've got this new NFT crypto game." Straight away, I was alarm bells because all I knew at that time was, you know, scams and stuff. Um, but he talked me through it. I had lots of long chats with him. Uh, eventually, I built up the confidence to just kind of have a little go. And the world at that point. In terms of Ethereum prices and so rare, it was it was currently in a pandemic, so there was no football games going on. It was all different, very different. But I like the idea. Uh, I've always been a card collector, and obviously he'd found me. Brian had found me through Football Manager content, um, and as we all know, if any football fan at some point has played Football Manager, if not played uh, foot, obviously the card aspect, the football aspect of things, and just tying it all together. And I really liked fantasy football, but I never stuck with it. Um, however, I really enjoyed also collecting cards in real life, collecting Wonder Kids on Football Manager, uh, collecting cards on foot. It just seemed like it was everything into one and there was a little bit of a reward you could get from it. But I didn't really overinvest at the time because, let's say, we were at the start of a pandemic and um, there was no games happening. Games were all literally postponed and I couldn't quite get my head around um, how the players scored and stuff. So I just kind of left it, um, had a few cards and, and kind of went away. Um, returned when football started returning. Brian asked if I'd have a look at it now to see kind of where they were going. Obviously, they, they then were still really much in their infancy um, and started to realise, you know, this this has, still while still being extremely dubious, because um, I had no knowledge of crypto at all and my knowledge of it now is still very limited. I, I thought, you know what, we'll give it a little go and probably overcommitted at the time with money that I didn't really have. I had a little bit spare on a credit card. I'm certainly not in debt, but I certainly didn't have the kind of money that I put in originally. It was it was a huge gamble. I mean, at that point, I believe, off the top of my head, like Ethereum was like a eight hundred pound a coin, maybe. Uh, definitely was. I think it was over a grand. So it was a very different world. I was buying players for pennies for what now go for hundreds. Who uh, were the first players you picked oh, up? Oh man, Can you remember? I, I tell you, my first big two players that I knew were I knew I thought were going to be good, and we'll get around to strategy at some point, no doubt. But I had uh, I had Doku. I had Oyen and I had Vranks. Um, nice. Yeah, I've, I've recently, I've, I've, I let Docker go quite a while ago, but I've recently let Vranks and Oyen go reluctantly. Um, but obviously, we'll get, we'll come back to why I kind of scaled back a little bit, I suppose. But um, my strategy was always different. I didn't, and we'll, we'll know that we'll cross this at some point during today, but I was never really bothered about winning rewards. I was more bothered about, owning cards uh, of players that I enjoyed using on Football Manager or were considered wonder kids or I liked watching in real life or I thought had potential. Being yep. a youth coach, I've always got that that's, that more pull towards those younger talents. Um, I wasn't bothered about picking up rewards and ranking in divisions and stuff like that. So initially, I was just buying cards and I was entering the very limited divisions there were then to enter and not getting anywhere near really because I wasn't too bothered about that side of it at the time. I mean, there was probably less than like, I don't even know. Top of my head, there was probably less than like 250 people per division, if that. Um, so winning winning rewards then, obviously the reward pool I think was quite small at the time anyway. And it was definitely dominated by the same names all the time. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a more of a mix these days, but yeah, my angle at the, at the time of joining and picking up the cards that I picked up was all about, Football manager, really. <laughs> I was just living football manager through so rare. I think it's a lot of us do. It's definitely an approach. Most people come in and it's the players yeah. that 
they're used to seeing on the TV or playing with in these games, whether it's football manager, foot or... Exactly that, exactly. And I didn't really have any idea. I had no strategy. I had no clue what I was doing. I was just picking these players off for like 15 to 20 pound and just having them in my gallery. And I'd float between it where I'd go on like a little flurry for a couple of weeks and then I'd do nothing for a couple of months. I wouldn't even log on to it. Um, and that's probably my biggest regrets when I look back now and see what happened to Ethereum, what's happened to So Rare, is I didn't I didn't overcommit. Oh, I overcommitted financially, definitely to begin with, but I didn't risk it more, if that makes sense. I probably had a bit more I could have risked at the time, but I didn't do it because I just didn't, I didn't really know where the platform was going. I was also just coming into being a full-time content creator for the first time. So I was self-employed and I had to obviously earn the money to cover the bills. And that was all a little bit of up in the air because one month you can earn a bit, one month you can earn hardly anything. Um, so it was, it was, while be it a perfect timing, it was also quite a poor timing as well. Um, but initially it was just about buying and holding cards and I wasn't holding them for the knowledge that they were going to go up, just having them in my gallery to look at. Um, they weren't even playing some of them at this time and just thinking, oh, he's a cool player. Maybe in the future he'll be like, a decent player and he'll get me like Ronaldo scores or something like that. I was very, very, very unaware of what I was doing at the time. Um, that inadvertently turned out that buying some of those players that I did and just holding them for the next 18 months um, and then moving them on eventually has impacted another part of my life quite significantly. I'm Never... just looking at Surreal Data, the, the massive spike on your yeah, yeah you value. Yeah, it goes for down in cards quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's quite significant, isn't it? There's, you can really tell where the platform took off. And so your investment in all those young players over that time and sitting on them, because for months and months, you can see there wasn't an awful lot of activity. You weren't yeah, I was more and more. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden it takes off and you know, you're rewarded quite handsomely for having those players or the insight to, to know these are, are good youngsters. Mm, definitely, yeah. I mean, I think the docu was definitely the one that blew the most. I can't even remember where, where I think it, I, I can't remember what he came for, but I know he sold for over a thousand pounds, probably near two thousand pounds. And that was the first point then when I was going through the initial sales where I was moving people on like Stengs and Carlson from AZ Alkmaar who had a fantastic season. And I was, oh. I was in such uh, at the point of first time, the first time I've sold twice now, not the whole lot, but a big chunk of what I own. And the first time I did it was to clear off my entire credit card, uh, which obviously my initial investment had gone on to. And as I was clearing them, I was I can just remember it being so painful. <laughs> it was like it was like selling my children. I really yeah. didn't want to get rid of them and I wanted to hold them for longer because at that point then I was starting to play the game a little bit more. And this is probably about maybe oh, maybe maybe less than a year ago now, the first sale that I had. So um, who's the hardest to get rid of? Uh, at the time, Carlson. I was obsessed with Carlson, absolutely obsessed with Jasper Carlson. Um, almost like I am now with Lindstrom from Frankfurt. He at the time was just coming out of nowhere, and he was. I think he scored. I think he'd scored, or Az Altmar had scored uh, a goal off him bringing the ball down from the air, where he kind of put his leg over it and brought it down with his a real cool piece of skill. Uh, and I remember that was around the time that I sold him. I was like, oh, "What am I doing?" Like crying to myself as I'm selling these digital cards. Well, at the same time, knowing that I was paying off a massive debt that I had. Yeah, um, exactly. Also, so it's life-changing, isn't it? Oh, mate, massively life-changing. When I started So Rare, and I don't mind giving these numbers out, when I started So Rare, I had about a £22,000 debt, which isn't a lot. However, I just work an everyday job, and I'm an everyday guy. And I, if you told me within 18 months that would all be gone, I'd have just laughed at you and said, you're mental. You're absolutely mental. The money I was spending at the time when I was doing it, I, I was like, Thinking to myself, it's just compounding everything. I'm not going to make anything better. However, though, I'm addicted. And that's where you've got to be really, really, really careful. I lucked out. There was no judgment in that. I didn't have no clue of crypto. Yeah. I had no clue whatsoever if it was even going to become anything. My I think it's people, important to call that out because obviously yeah, oh, you, you have lucked out because this platform I've just out, went on. I, I lucked out massively. I mean, you see these guys now who are maybe on the platform for a while and they're saying, oh, I've turned this profit into this and that profit into that. A massive part of my profit is down to just holding the cards for so long. And I inadvertently did that. I didn't do that because I knew that was going to happen. It was pure luck. Um, and when people ask me for like tips and whatever, I always just say no to everybody. I say no to my, I mean, my brother-in-law because I'm just not happy with giving people financial advice where I know that I looked out a little bit. I, I really, really, really did. I think, but at the same time, a little bit of judgment from, me picking the right players because I could have picked anybody. There's a couple of players that weren't playing, maybe never played, just rotational players, players at the end of their career. But I didn't. I went in with a strategy that 
I thought, and I did think at the time, might yield something down in the future, but never did I think it would turn this 22 grand debt into like a 15 grand profit. I just didn't expect that. Um, I think it's also important because you touched on one of the reasons you you bought a lot of those players was to get the enjoyment off them. They're players that you... You know, you had used in, in other games and you, you wanted to see develop and be successful and get that satisfaction. Mm. So if you're playing the game from that angle and not purely from just a financial motivation, that's going to help along the way, isn't it? Massive as well. Yeah, I feel like the modern I say the modern, like I'm like I'm some old geezer of so I'm really not still it's still a very new platform, but I feel like the new guys that I see on Twitter, they're all very, and I don't get me wrong, I've, I've had a couple of disagreements with guys on Twitter about me selling cards, about me moving down to limiteds when I did. I, mo- I literally moved the day they came out. I, I withdrew, I think, £14,000 at the time, but left £2,000 in um, to pe- buy limiteds and was called an absolute idiot for it. Um, so, the, the, And I felt like on Twitter, especially as it become, initially there was no so rare talk on Twitter. It was like Quinny and a few other people and that was it. And as more and more people started to join the community, come over from Football Index or whatever, and I saw more and more tweets getting like interactive with appearing on my timeline, and I felt like, and I still feel like it has, it's become, it's competitive. It is, it is always going to be competitive, but I felt like there was somewhat flexing going on. Like some of the guys would be very judgmental of the decisions that you would make. And I'm trying to say to them, like, I'm not bothered about the competitive side of so rare. I don't care if I wasn't really care if I was ranking in anywhere or if I was winning any cards. I didn't. I didn't win cards for ages. I had probably and I probably had the ability to do so. I just never pieced the right teams together. Or, and this happened many times, didn't even enter a team because I, just did, I missed a deadline or I wasn't bothered about it. But I'd still log on and look to buy a couple of the youngsters that I'd heard noises of. I followed all the Twitter accounts which were to do with Wonder Kids, and I'd, I'd follow every single one on So Rare, even if they didn't have a card, just because one day they appeared with a card and I got a notification, this guy's got a card. Um, I just played it differently. Uh, I feel it's a way that a lot of people, they all want to be this like um, this like fantastic analyst of the game now. And I feel like sometimes like that just dilutes the enjoyment of what So Rare can be. Yeah. Uh, and like I mentioned earlier, I... Was a, I'm a, I am a collector. I'm sat right now in my office with three photo frames of all my favorite cards that I've collected across the years, back to like 1998 sticker albums from Panini when I was like 10 years old that are complete. Nice. Yes. I've always collected cards. And I just saw this as I'm an internet kid. Of, I'm, I've, I'm, 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 I've just turned 36, but I, I'm very much an internet kid as well. And I felt like collecting these cards online was just another another level to collecting these cards in a real form and that's the reason that's mainly main the reason why i was buying them i wasn't buying them to try and flex knowledge of analytics or peace and all these things i just enjoyed the names and enjoyed the players as who they are and where they wherever they were at the time um, i think just touching on that point i think sometimes people forget that so many people playing the game are playing it in a different way than they are. Yeah, so definitely. You sometimes see um, moans about certain offers or bids that you get. We've all had the, the really bad ones, but you get ones that you're, you're thinking, well, maybe that person's valuation mechanism is just slightly different to you. Maybe, hmm. you know, I get people like moaning because I don't want to sell somebody for, for 10% less than the market value might not even want to actually sell that player they're, they're offering yeah. a, a player that i'm not necessarily wanting to sell or it's not the right time to sell that player even if that is a, a good price for them so i think there's, there's people like yourself playing it from a, a collector's standpoint also enjoying the, the, the game element but taking a, a longer term vision there's people who do get a lot out of the analytics side and mm. trading it in that way and i think a lot of them are probably the, some of the football index users but yeah there's definitely an enjoyment element in there and playing There's the, so playing many the market you can play it on yeah but i do there? feel like the reward system does uh force people to believe that there's only one way to play the game there's really not i was i was never really interested in i say I, so many times i didn't i didn't even enter teams because of forgetting or not bothering and I, i'll openly say this as well right I, I had a little so rare group within my discord community jay fourth and people like that fantastic guys really really smart at the game on it they know who's in the lineups they're predicting them they're getting them right uh, I'm, i was hitting them for information to try and find a lineup because i won i have the time to to invest to try and work out who's going to play who's not going to play who's on form who's not on form who's playing who in where in the league what all those little things that make you 
potentially a good manager on so rare for piecing your teams together. I just didn't have the drive and interest to do that. Um, and that's not because I didn't enjoy so rare. I just enjoyed a different side of so rare and I still enjoy a different side of so rare. My teams that I've put in ever since I started limited, I don't use any methodology. I just throw them together. All I, all I want to know is, are they definitely not injured? And that's probably about all I look for everything else. It's just, yeah, he can go with him. He can go with him. There's, there's no real thinking behind them because the way that I've followed so rare and seen the way that players score, you can have complete anomalies in a really bad team. And then this, obviously everyone sees this, so those, those small differentials. And I was always, and there's a big conversation at the moment about stacks and stuff like that. So I was always trying to look for teams. If I was piecing these teams together to try and win something, I was trying to put in teams that I felt were unconventional, not obvious ones that might break the mold of what most people are going to do. So I can then jump, I mean, I had a few podiums, which was really, really, really cool. And the podiums I got were from mainly players or teams which were more mixed, which I thought was really cool. But again, like that, that didn't really motivate me. And that's probably why um, as a solo user, I didn't probably get as much financially back maybe that I could have if I had played it uh, more with um, with more intent. I just enjoyed buying certain names and youngsters and then just holding them uh, or hoping that one day that they play um still hold a few of the goalkeepers now i think the goalkeepers is mainly the area that i'll probably stick with going forward um trying to watch Miles Sivla get a game is a nightmare <laughs> i don't know what he's doing but his contract runs out this year i think but that's that's the side i enjoyed but that probably also was probably my downfall as a so rare user is i wasn't i wasn't bothered about going and finding all the information not as i was bothered but i wasn't as bothered as much as i should have been if that makes sense I suppose if you've still got the enjoyment and you've clearly done well out of the platform, then personally, and being able to, you know, as you said, you had that debt and you've been able to, to clear off that debt by mm. selling off these cards. You've still, when obviously we set up the pod, I'm, I'm looking at this as somebody who's scaling back, look at mm. your account and you've got <laughs> a lot more cards than the, the vast majority of managers. You know, you've, you've still got nearly 200 cards yeah. for... 40 rares and a lot of youngsters there that hopefully in the future will go on and do another cycle of coming into the team and, and yeah i hope form. so yeah verbruggen is another one of the goalkeepers i've kept some of the keepers um knowing that they'll probably go up in value but yeah no i, I just as we mentioned just before we started i'd love to have a thing somewhere where i could look back at all the cards at one point that i did own like a like a like a sticker book almost that would be absolutely brilliant um because i said there's been some fantastic players along the way and i'd love to see and sometimes it makes you sad <laughs> but i'd love to see what prices i sold them for when what they've gone for now where they've ended up i used to hold a sakala card and it had been around so many of the known <laughs> users so many it had about 40 owners it had like black flag zura i can't say his name properly it had uh, Quinny at one point it had YNW it had everybody had had it at one point it was brilliant and I held it for really really I held it for ages and used it because he was doing really well at Ustende um, and then uh, obviously he's rumours well, he was going to Rangers and on the day he went I sold him for a hefty profit um, but it was sad to let him go because his history was just so cool and I found things like that really interesting as well like knowing that this card's bit like it's like a playground thing right I used to trade cards with my friends on the playground all the time and then this card had gone around all these really interesting users palms and had been used to win a lot of different rewards as well and i just found that side of so rare just way more interesting than trolling twitter trying to find out who was playing and who was injured and who's potentially going to start in what position i found that other side of it just way more interesting i find that um, funny because i feel this conversation there is something maybe right at the start of our podcasts they were the kind of ideas and things we were thinking about how can this evolve and how, mm. what extra utility can you get from your cards and how can that be more engaging and that side of things has certainly fallen away and oh, massively la fallen away. laterally as you say it has been primarily a focus on so5 and the performance aspect of it but there's so much more to this and i really do hope in future iterations and, and the developments that are upcoming that Sarir start to address some of that and give you know more value to other aspects of the game because there's definitely a demand for it the collecting aspect the, the ability to to track yeah, that as you so. said they, and the people that are interested in that side of it are very much shouted down by the guys that just want more rewards pools better report but I'm, I'm doing wrong I'm, I, I agree with all of the stuff that I see predominantly but I feel like there is a side of the game that is completely 
just missed now, which I think is equally just as cool, just for a different target market. That's it. And I think fundamentally, you need to buy game. Refunds just because. Yeah, that's it. People will buy these or, or company or peak players end up retiring and they go for 20, 30 pounds. People are going to pick them up without a view of this is a collectible or something I'd like to have. So mm. We're really, we've touched on earlier, we're quite early in the, the whole NFT and crypto space. And who knows where all this goes in the, in the future. It's moving very, very fast. And Hmm. Yeah, you, you just don't know. Yeah, I mean, for, for... early in my days, I was definitely looking for cards which had very few mints who yep. were uh, held by accounts that were dead. And I was trying to get hold of them to see if I could get hold of the card. Zivkovic, I remember being one. Andrea Zivkovic, I was obsessed with him on Football Manager. And I think he's playing for a Greek side and doesn't have any or isn't going to get any more mints at this moment in time. But always sort of chance of ended up in Europe. And I think there was like less than 15 cards of him available. And I remember spending countless nights trying to get hold of anyone that owned him that was active. And there were so many that just weren't active. Um, and these were accounts that held old West Ham cards and everything. And I think yes. I still think they're probably probably still inactive now. And they're probably sat on like Declan Rice, for instance, who at the time was probably a rookie who didn't really play. There is going to be some accounts that will come back to this game and yeah. log in and just be amazed at the £2 and £3 yep, or, or exactly. Euro cards that they've picked up being worth hundreds and thousands. Oh, so I've had so many players like that. And it's, it is, um, it's fun to see. Like, I remember the um, Nurendine, the uh, yep. or have you say their name, um, the goalkeeper. Uh, I'd seen him and I followed him a lot on Football Manager. He was one of my Football Manager goalkeepers. And I'd known, I know that he was highly rated in Africa. And I think it's Ghana he's from. I knew he was highly rated and just stood a chance, any chance of getting in the team. And I was holding his rare for ages. And I got it for like seven pounds. Um, as soon as he got in the team, just getting on that, you know, that instant hype. I was like, right, I'm never going to use him in my opinion. I don't think he's ever going to hold a first-team spot time anytime soon, but he has a chance to play four or five games in a row. I think he went for like 600 pounds. And that was like the first time I was like, right, this investment that I did all those months ago, this could pay out. This could really help. Yeah. Um, then I went on to hold like Braganza, who obviously had, uh, it was a, it was a year they were, that Lisbon won the league. So it was obviously his card. Um, and there was other little bits of collectability that were knocking around in some of the cards that I had. Um, obviously that then sparked off the first sale when I realized actually this is a good time to move some people on now because Ethereum at the time was rising. Though I cashed out, I think when, uh, Ethereum at the time was worth about 1.9k a coin um, and then within weeks later it went to like that 3.2 or whatever and I was like no no way <laughs> but you can't think like that you can't you think can't, like that you can't no you have to do no, what's right can't. in the time for yourself your own personal circumstances yeah exactly I was sat there with a debt paid off and happy uh, and then just thinking to myself oh, I could have another 10 grand on top of that but that's when you get greedy and that's when mistakes get made that's but it and like, it gives you a position now to move forward and you can do mm. so in a, a different frame of mind and yeah so enjoy this game it wasn't as if it was all or nothing you i don't get wrong there was times when i logged on and i was spending a bit of money here and there and thinking oh this is going to bite me at some point this is definitely going to bite me at some point and all of a sudden like the platform started to grow and then obviously there's always been little knockbacks here and there like when football index went to pot and then there's all this talk going on and there's there's people writing articles about the negative side is so rare and all this kind of stuff um and there's the debate whether it's gambling or not. And then I started talking about it on stream and it will create all these heated debates. But it's kind of weather the storm and it still carries on. And I think people now realizing of all the NFT stuff that appears, so much of it is just rug pulls and, and fakes. And this just isn't. Um, do they have positions to improve on? 100%. Yep. They have a lot of things they need to improve on. The communication is one of the main ones, in my opinion. I had to leave the Discord because I just couldn't deal with it anymore. It was just stressful seeing what was going on in there, not from the so rare side of things, but just from the user side of things. It's just got so big that there's a lot of voices, but people all want the same thing and that's it to succeed. Um, nine times out of 10, they want to succeed for their own benefit, but it doesn't always work that way. But I think it's got such a bright future. It really has. Um, and they've grown so, so fast in such a small time. Um, and I do worry sometimes though that is that's a negative thing because I know the business is growing at such a rapid rate they can outgrow themselves very quickly and get out of control. So I love the journey up until this point, and I say I still I've still got a limited team that I throw in, and I'm just holding cards now to see what happens and then decide realistically what I'm going to do in the future. Um, I'd love to return to rares, but that might be a slow process. Well, not with maybe with some of these limiteds that you've got. I'd imagine some <laughs> of them go for 
quite a high price nowadays. What about your your Mike Trezors and yeah, you know, that's a really good limit. Actually, I was really lucky at the start. So this so to refer back to the the Twitter thing, which was quite interesting when I said I was going to hold two K into limiteds when the day they came out. I got absolutely slammed by three or four people, called an idiot and everything. Well, the 2K that went in, I sold Martinez and Gakpo for like 2K, who I brought for like under 100, 120 pound each. So the, the, the limiteds, I firmly believed get there early. You might pay a little bit over the price, but there's certain cards that are just going to go higher and higher and higher. Yeah. Um, as the user base just seemed like it was growing more and more and more. And I've seen recently there's like a record amount of 10 cards per user or whatever. So I thought if I get that, I mean, I've got, I've got, I think I've got my, um, my Burguis, who's won me 18 rewards. He won me in the end. Uh, I think I got him for like 77 pounds. So getting in there early was definitely a smart move. Um, and again, I was picking off players maybe that were coming back from injury who were youngsters or just youngsters that I could hold. But yeah, no, I was really pleased to how that limited that limited move worked out. And I'll be honest, of all the um, moves I've made on So Rare, the limited move was a purposeful move to make money out of it because I thought that would happen. I didn't know why I thought that. I just backed this idea could genuinely really work and bring in a whole new user base, which it kind of has. Been some really successful, haven't they? I've recently listed a, a few limiteds and there's so much demand out there for them. I get so many offers for, for those cards and yeah. It's interesting to see that. But I think the price point is one of the reasons. There was so many people with their, their eyes on Syria seeing how it had grown and maybe looking from yeah. the outside and bringing in the, the limited tier gave Yeah, the initial, the initial weeks of the limiteds, I was picking off rewards left, right and centre. Yeah. Um, and then it just slowed down and down and down and down and down. And I thought, right, this is the point now. This is the pinching point where I've got to go the other way now. Um, and I need to sell on these these cards that are winning me rewards and are now treble the value that I paid for them. I need to move them on to someone with a bigger balance and I need to take the money and then use the money more smartly. Um, end of the day, the first withdrawal from so rare paid off a credit card. It got me a flat. It got me my first car that I paid outright for. It got me everything I needed. It set me up for what I needed for everything to that first withdrawal. And I thought, all right, and the second withdrawal now is going to pay off my loan. Um, that's what I've just gone through now. I'm holding <clears throat> all the money in my Coinbase account at the moment, just waiting for um, Ethereum to get around 2.3k, 2.4k this month, and I'll withdraw all that and pay off the loan. Then I'm completely debt free for the first time in 17 years, and, and I still I hold 200 cards. <laughs> um, so I'm just waiting for that 2,300, 2,400, and I'll take what I've got in there. And then obviously debt free, I earn a decent wage these days, but having no loan to pay. Um, will give me that extra bit of cash to play with, which is where I might just start dropping bits back in here and there into So Rare. But I'm I'm going to think about that for the remainder of this year. I'm probably not going to end up buying many cards if any this year. And um, we'll see for next season what happens. Because uh, I'd say I like, though I back the platform a lot and I have so much thanks for Brian um, bringing me into it and even showing me what it was at the time that he did when it was such a small platform at the time. Um, I have a massive thanks to him. I do want to see what their moves are going to be in terms of like the progress bars and all the other things that have been promised that just seem to be appearing. I want to see what their moves are first before I start committing any more to it. I think I hold a decent amount of cards. They're not all fantastic cards. Some, some of them are just rewards that are, you know, whatever cards that from Asia that don't play uh, and et cetera. But it'd be interesting which way the platform goes over the next, remember the remainder of this season anyway. I think we're due to have the Scottish League quite soon, aren't we? It looks like it, yeah. From from all the teasers we've seen, you know the Celtic Celtic players yeah. in their in their strip on cards. So I think it's got to be imminent, hasn't it? But you're you're right. A lot of unknowns that people are waiting to to get answers for. For me, the game just continues, and I I've got a collection that I'm, I'm comfortable with. Mm. I'm enter, entering every week. I'm quite happy doing that, and I get enjoyment from it. But I know mm. there's there's bits of the games that can that can be enhanced, and I I think they will be. I think they got a massive amount of investment, and as you said, it takes time to to scale a team and to to, to really build out this this huge business. It's has yeah, has grown so grow. quickly. You, you you can grow very quickly, but you as a business can't grow with the pace sometimes the user base does, because you will get things wrong and way more out of field than you would do if you grew at a steady pace so sometimes um that demand is too much for the steps that you're making 
but that user base just needs to be calm unfortunately we live in an era where things are not calm and you don't people don't want to wait they want it instantly but yeah no i think you're right i think i think it's only it's only going to be good in the end they will seem to make the right moves um and i say i kind of I'm, I'm i'm in the back seat now really i'm just kind of watching in uh, and you have the one team that i put in each week now and um i've i've made way more out of this than i ever thought i was going to make it's, it's literally changed my life it's pulled me out of debt that i say i've been in for 17 years uh, and it's not a big debt by any means so people listen to this now that have probably got treble the size of debt they've got mortgages and stuff like that i don't have any of that um but in my little world um, and i think that's the way you should always view it yeah you know what impact does that have on your life um and i have a friend that plays it i introduced this to the game too he's having a kid this this month in fact so they end up ne- next month and he again put in a bit of money maybe that he didn't have and he called me the other day and was like i've just withdrew everything i sold everything all my gallery and i've withdrew it all i'm now debt free and i've got money for my kid and i was like man i'm so proud amazing like, isn't it? it's a guy that i introduced to it and i knew he'd over i knew he'd overpaid or overcommitted but the fact that he'd seen what i'd done recently and then just basically thought you know what that's the right move yeah. um i think it's like knowing when to get out is an important thing really and i haven't got out completely but i've definitely twice now let the winning side of my gallery go but you've done it in a way that has allowed you to still keep a, a foot in the game so you and yeah. you've done it again this time so by a lot of people's standards you've still got quite a, a large gallery i think it's mm. maybe worth what four or five ETH at the moment mm. so that's quite substantial and there's quite a, a few cards in there but you said you're only getting one team in at the moment always selling off the, the best players in another year two years time as these youngsters come through this football is very fluid and, and yeah, well, that's what I'm doing. yeah i've got eyes on the kids now that are coming through lindstrom was one this season um i tried to get his limited i sorry i tried to get his uh, rare card just before he had a couple of good games but i knew lindstrom was going to blow this year he's just been such a good player for frankfurt and then just heavily underrated and obviously his price has just rocketed this year at one point. Um, just missed out on him. But yeah, no, I've got my eyes on the next on the next batch, shall we say, that hopefully they'll come into the game. I think I own a few of them already. It's always good. And you only need to own one that works out. Yeah, so it sounds like it's been a, a pretty exciting journey for for you so far on this platform. All I can say is, is well done for being able you. to, you know, take that foresight and do what's right for you personally. And I think people do need to, yeah. to do that. Think about what's right for you is... We're all here online and, you know, you touched on about the, the bravado or the you know, trying to be the, the best trader, that kind of thing. And I think it's easy to fall into those traps. And I think I was a victim of that maybe on, on football index, you know, maybe keeping more in than I wanted to in, in that particular platform, not getting out at, at the right time, even when I seen other opportunities mm. like Surreir. And I think that's opened my eyes to, to being able to do so on, on other ventures. I think it's, it's really important to be cognizant yeah. of that. I mean, if I was to summarize the whole thing, basically, is that I don't think I have the norm um, when it comes to approaches of so rare. I think I've done it very differently, however, not uniquely. I think there are other people that do it my way as well, that just drop in, pick up a couple of cards they like, don't really play, and then they'll come back in time. But my, my biggest and underlying thing to anybody, and I get a lot of questions about this just because I'm a well-known in the foot manager community, and it is so so side by side these two platforms is that just don't over invest and know when your time is to get out you haven't got to think that okay i'm going to put four grand in and make 400 grand back if you put four grand in and you can make four grand back and you can enjoy yourself you are on the right line and that, that that's that's the main thing and if you come up with a couple of extra grand here or there fantastic because um, unfortunately not everyone can win you know um yeah, Not everyone's got different journeys on this platform. Yeah. Everyone started at different times, has different you know, lifestyle choices. And yeah, it's it's very different. So comparing yourself directly with, with others, it's always going to happen, right? It's, human, human, it's, human. it's human nature. And yeah. obviously we're, we're competing in a, a football platform. It's, it's the, the nature of the of the game. It's, it's going to happen. But I think if, if people can focus on what's right for them, it's healthier longer term, isn't it? Yeah, and, and something like this should never be impacting. I mean, I'm saying this from I got lucky, and I'll say it again, but it should never be impacting what you do in real life. Um, this is just no different to buying yourself some Panini stickers to stick in a sticker book. Um, there's a bit more to it than that, um, but it's um, a fun on the side thing 
don't let it affect your life <laughs> take over your life the games take over your life at a weekend i've never been so elated and then so disappointed in the same game when someone's either scored and then one of the players have been sent off uh that make, it makes football way more fun by having this in my opinion and I, I watch way more football from around the globe as well now and it has really re-sparked my love for football especially being a watford fan where we're in the actual trenches at the moment but um yeah just play within your means and be smart really don't don't go chasing that pot of gold because it ain't always there. That's it. I'm, 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 I probably shouldn't say that. I'm hoping that Watford get relegated. So <laughs> a few of the players that I've picked up might get some game time or a transfer away. But that, well, that's, more a, games. that's another... I think yeah. a lot of people are hoping that the... Uh, I'm not even going to try and re- pronounce his name, but the Nigerian goalkeeper plays. I think he'll be our number one next year. You think? Yeah, definitely. I think he will, yeah. That's a tip for the, the pod. Get on, get on him. Yeah, where's he at? Currently Sparta. Yeah, Okiai, Okiai. I'm not yeah. even going to try and read it. But yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not going to give it a go. Based at Sparta currently, but he'll be Watford's number one next year. So that's a solid, what, 42 plus games a season he'll get. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. 40 odd plus games in the championship. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, he, he, I think he'll be the number one next season. That's my tip. Get hold of him. <laughs> nice, nice. So just talking about auctions and buying players. This last week, there was a, another huge, unique auction, wasn't there? So after the, the Haaland 265 ETH, I think it was, we had Finishes Junior. I think all eyes were on that to see what kind of price would he go for. What was it, 132 ETH it went for? That's just an obscene amount of money. Astronomical amounts, really, right? These are these are huge, huge numbers. What, what do you think about that? So I think... Um... I sit on two sides of the fence. One one side here, I think, is so so freaking cool um, that a platform like this can command such a high fee for a, a digital card. Um, and I think it's really 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 cool. And I, I think Vinicius Junior as a player, Harland as a player, are such cool players as well. And they've got very very bright futures ahead of them. But then I also followed on Twitter a really interesting discussion about what happens if one of these guys has a career-ending injury, which is a real thing. It can actually happen. Harlan's dad had a career-ending injury, albeit very much forced upon him by a certain person. Mr. So the odds are surely in his favour that he's not going to have one, right? Two in but, the family would be, yeah, be real yeah, bad yeah, luck. Yeah, yeah, that would be very unlucky. But what, what at that point, though, what happens? That, that's my big question. What happens if a player that you hold, who unique, there's only one of them, there's only one of them. If you hold, if you're holding one of the the regular Harlands or whatever, yeah, it's expensive, but it's not the unique price. What that, that that scares me. Like if I even if I was in the position to own that amount of money and to be able to spend that kind of money, I really don't know how comfortable I'd be spending it, knowing that this could be, you know, at any point this this geezer could win me a lot of money or lose me a lot of money. I think that's it's relative, isn't it? So. If you were to look at it in your gallery, you do you probably do that same risk assessment for any of the players you pick up, and You're probably right actually, yeah, and purchase them accordingly, but at a lower tier. So somebody yeah, who, no, who right. is yeah, able to purchase right. at that level is potentially making that decision. They're they're looking at that, they're looking at all all the angles and more. I think that we think about and and weighing that up and. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you know what? Now you say that subconsciously, that's probably has gone through my head at some point. Uh, I think I'd be very fortunate along the time that of the players that I've owned, none, none other than Noni, um, Madueki, have never really had much injury going on. And Gakpo had a little bit for a time being, but he didn't really lose much of his value at the time. Uh, if anything, it, when he came back from his injury, it gave Gakpo a spike. Um, that's when I, that's when I moved Gakpo on. But yeah, I guess I guess I kind of maybe I have inadvertently done that without realizing just on a much lower scale relative to what scale that i'm on but it's just it's a scary amount of money uh if harland let's say harland doesn't doesn't get an injury which i, I don't think he will um he's a he's a guy that's going to give you what 10 plus years utility yeah he's only going to go to a better team he's gonna he's, he's him scoring under 70 is going to be very irregular the first version the, the first version yeah very much so I think these all play into it, and obviously you've got a bit of a background in the, the physical card collecting side of things, and we have had guests on in the past. I've seen some of the, the huge auction numbers for those, more so in some of the American sports um, that are very popular. But yeah, I think there's there's definitely something in that, and it just depends on how Surreal 
grows and evolves. I think mm. that part of it is well, your, well, the, your the actual physical car collecting's taken a real big boom recently. Yeah, I think over the, the last couple of years, it's, it's seen a, a lot of attention in that space, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. That naturally must move into the, the digital space over time. Yeah, it makes or, you wonder how much the digital space has reignited uh, the physical space because there definitely yeah. definitely overlaps. Yeah, so there's maybe something in that. The more we transition to the, this online space and, and Web3 metaverses, people maybe have that hankering of actually having the, the physical item. I have definitely noticed a, a few NFT projects that offer up the, the ability to, to get a physical version of your, your NFT, and that mm. seems to, to be sort of re-engineering it a little bit. But Yeah, yeah no, definitely. And I also think just to kind of like obviously – with the physical side of things, you can get lots of variations of cards. And obviously we have variations on so rare, um, but it'd be interesting in what style do they maybe follow kind of like foot from FIFA where they have multiple different variations. And I know we've had the, is it the La Liga ones where they were like that gold and shine, a really nice card um, that got you to like your ticket cards, basically that got you to the, uh, the Camp Nou or whatever. Yep. Game week and 200. Yeah, they were super cool. And then they had the signed editions of players that have redeemed their signable ones. And what else have we had? Oh, the champions ones, the league winners. Yeah, PSG 50th anniversary. Yeah. Initial it's, it's West Ham ones. Around. It'd be interesting, with, especially, within, especially within Limited, as you have that 1,000 card, you've got way more cards to play within. Um, then with your 100, and obviously with your 10 and your 1, is way more limited. Um so it'd be interesting what they do with that if they end up. I mean, I'd like to hope, hopefully, like to think it's that's quite far down the uh, the priority list and it's where the things are way more important. But if there was more variants of cards as the game begins to grow, it means you're looking at my cards on my wall right now. There's not one that looks like each other. They're all there's like forty cards on the wall. They're all completely different in their own way. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see if that's something that they they go with because I definitely think the the the, the physical card space is is really starting to pick up a bit of steam right now and i wonder how much so rare played into that obviously we can definitely say that so rare's had an influence from the physical side of cars there's no doubt about that um but yeah i wonder how much it's they come hand in hand or will in the future yeah i think that they are interlinked quite a bit and be interesting to see that i'm sure somebody will have somebody will do the analysis and we'll get them on the pod mm. to talk about that a bit more but yeah definitely interesting to, to see how how both evolve the, the physical card side's not not been for me it was when I was younger, I have you know amazing memories of taking in you know, margarine tubs full of swap <laughs> stickers to, 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 to swap at lunchtime and yeah, all, all, all sorts and you know, rubber banded and yeah, trying to get yeah, get, a, get a couple away for a shiny and yeah, all, all sorts. Those were the days, right? And I think those that collectability that the community aspect of collecting there plays into it and the I, online I really space needs that. to find that's what, that's what ignited my enjoyment with the so rare to begin with it, say it wasn't ranking in divisions as i said it was that collectability that having those cards and imagining that they're in my hands um and, and i guess that's realistically what i i played into on, on, on so rare as we talked about earlier but in terms of like the value of these cards that they're going for now you told me this when I joined this platform and there was 500 people tops playing it. I'd have just did what? Excuse me? <laughs> Are you sure? Even when Ronaldo went, what did Ronaldo go for at the time? His his first unique. Like 150 grand, 100 grand, something like that? Yeah, I can't even remember. It was like a huge number, wasn't it? But you just... And now we're blowing that out of the water. But even with, with some of these cards, when I compare them to some of the, the physical card prices and some of the, the other NFT projects, so you you look at some of these projects and you think, Sarer's got utility. There's a, there's a Haaland card there that's got 10 years of yield generation in it. 100%. Why is that? And why is Sarer not quite getting the eyes off these people? Yeah. Um, and it does, maybe it's, it's a, a fantasy football game and maybe that just doesn't capture the attention of that space. I, I'm not sure. But for me, um, the people are missing a, a trick there. If you're, you're spending you know, the, into the millions on, on some of these projects that have very little or, or no utility, then you probably want to divert a, a little bit of those funds into Sarer. Yeah, I mean, at the time when I, uh, I, I took out that first withdrawal, I was like, hmm, hang on a bit. Is NFT something I can make a bit more money in elsewhere 
going through OpenSea, reading people's roadmaps, looking at what type of things are going on in the space, following key figures who do really well in it. Uh, I was thinking, I can't, I can't see why I would want to buy any of these. They don't do anything. Um, and I'll be honest, if it was a case of so rare not having less game, um, where you can get something back from it or you can move the card on for more based on the person's career, which I would be invested in anyway because I like this youngster. Yep. And I probably wouldn't have ever done it. I'd just continue collecting the, the physical cards. Um, but the fact that it had that utility, and I'm that, I'm that guy who starts fantasy, like Premier League, and in three weeks I've forgotten, uh, and then I never do it again. But this was just like having it global. Yeah, definitely. When I, when I talk about NFTs to just general people that don't know much about it, you always get the same questions because they get such bad press. Yeah. And rightly so in most spaces because they are just part of a scam ultimately but then this is just so different and um it's first football nuts whether you are an analytic freak or whether you just like to pick up wonder kids like myself there's so much fun you can have with it and there's so much utility you can use and utility is such an important word in this space um and that's when i was looking around all these other nfts thinking mm, is there money to be made elsewhere i was like i just can't go spending you know half an eth on something i just can't do anything with where I was comfortable doing that on so rare, even when I didn't have the money for it realistically, because I could do something with it. You can um, see the, the, yeah, you see how you can use that and and actually recoup the, the value or get enjoy, enjoyment from it. And I think sure. it's probably wrong to tar all, all projects with the, the same brush. There's lots of amazing yeah. projects being worked on out there. And I, I think for, for me, the ones that have got strong, strong leaders, strong developers in there and are actually building something you can see the, they're, they're building a, a game they're they're looking at, at the development they're not just just selling something on OpenSea with mm. no real roadmap right there's there's lots of projects out there that have yeah very very flaky roadmaps i think that suggestions of things will be coming but yeah i prefer something to, to come out and give you utility in the first place and the, and then you can build out from there right for sure, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, that, and that's where, flipping back to what I said earlier, like I, I think we're at a very pivotal point in SoRare's career right now because, or SoRare's lifetime, because there's so much that has been promised that hasn't quite been delivered just yet. Doesn't mean it's not coming. We don't know the insides of what's going on, but I'm at that point now where I'm way past being risk free. I my risk free was ages ago. That was gone. I, I've done very, very, very well. It's cleared a, a huge debt. It's changed my life in terms of just day-to-day -day living and i can now sit back on what i've got and watch what happens and that that excites me quite a lot i'll be honest um because you know it's just not about winning for you seeing other people win as well seeing people on twitter get that messy from that first podium that they got for the first time in absolute months and it's amazing to see um there was a few harlands this weekend that i saw coming up just gone who people have got harlands through rewards and that and it's just very 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 cool and then at the same time you know people that love to delve a bit deeper and see who got rewards from what position and 23s i know is a big question mark right now and it's just interesting i find i find it very 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 interesting it sparks something in me that and i, and I love to see opposite points as well that was a really good thread i forget who by now uh, about the 23s pool and why it isn't always like it is. I think there was a lot of similar lineups at the weekend, like a lot of similar lineups. And it's just it's just interesting to see. Uh, and from a football side of things, it just makes the game what is already the best game and the best sport in the world uh, and the most intriguing in the world even more intriguing. Um, and in an area where I'm already invested in the card aspect and the Final Fantasy, or the not the Final Fantasy as a game, but the fantasy football if I ever stuck at it, which I don't, but I've always wanted to. But yeah, it's, it's super cool, super cool. And I've, um, I really appreciate having me on and having this chat because it just reminds me how much, you know, I actually do very much enjoy it and how much it gives to you uh, and how much it. it's given me, really. That's it. And I think, yeah, it's been great chatting. I think it's, it's going to be a, a good pod for our listeners to to get an insight to a different way of playing the game. Um, not necessarily, uh, as you said, there's a lot of suggestions on twitter of this is a, an approach you need to take or that you have to go after the, the ETH thresholds but as you've shown there's lots of different ways and mm. of not just playing the game but getting enjoyment out of it and that's for me first and foremost what, what you should be doing definitely play it the way it makes you happy and that's it that should be the strap line so there's new marketing campaign. <laughs> play it the way that makes you happy <laughs> definitely should yeah don't don't, don't send be, that to um... brian 
Send that there's, to Brian. <laughs> there's some great advice that's given out on there. When I see people that are new that have joined it that, that, and they get the Twitter pile on of people saying welcome, it's a good community. It really is. They all kind of give the similar angle, the similar, the similar, you know, get to threshold, get players that play regularly and so on. But there are there are other ways too. There's other ways too. But we've got to be more patient. You've got to be a bit more lucky that, you know, ex-player Daniel Braganza is going to become a starter. But, you know, with a little bit of help from the Tinterweb from Twitter, where people are switched on, and there's so many scouts on Twitter where you can pick things up from now, these yeah. days, you can always unearth the next one who currently is worth nothing, but in the future will be worth quite a lot. Definitely. That's all what we all hope for, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. That's it. The next Messi or Ronaldo. <laughs> definitely. Well, there's the next Messi, isn't there? Playing for Noel's old boys. Some dude called... Javi Messi or something like that. I can't remember his name now. He played the other day for the first time. But there is a new Messi. Not the same yet. No, no, no. no. I don't think he'll ever be there. I don't think we'll ever see another Messi. No, I don't think so. Fox, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really appreciate you coming on. I'm no, sure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. When you reached out, I was like, oh, this is cool because I say I listen a lot and I just felt like the way that I've played the game isn't 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 the norm. It definitely people that do it, but it doesn't really get talked about a lot. Yeah. I always try to get something on slightly different something that can add to the back to the community and give, give people a different perspective of, of ways of playing the game or just some someone generally interesting. And I, I think, yeah, you, you've definitely shown that. So I think our, our listeners Appreciate will get it. a lot from this one. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. So that brings us to the end of today's Sorier Global Fantasy Football Podcast. I hope you found it useful. And as always, if you could like, subscribe and leave a review, then we can help introduce the fantastic concept to more users. See you next time. Thank you.